Hey everyone, welcome to our second episode of The Visitor's Bullpen. I'm Matt Wyrick with my partner Kevin Haswell here. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Another great week in baseball. I'm excited to get to some topics this week that will be relevant down the road in the season. Uh, it, it's great to have our second episode and 43 views last week. Uh, appreciate everyone that showed us some love on SoundCloud. Yep, we're off to a roaring start, so we're looking forward to seeing where we can go with this and well, we'll dive right into it. We saw quite a bit of history this week. Edison Volquez threw a no-hitter. Um, Albert Pujols had the 600 home runs. We'll, we'll get to Pujols in a little bit. But first, something that's on everybody's mind, it's seeming like every game, is replay review. Now, when it was first introduced, everyone had their arms up. We're like, this is a great idea. Um, it's something baseball's way behind the curve on. You look at basketball, you look at football. They've already had it for years. Baseball, what are you doing? So they finally install it, and of course, there's just as many people now who hate it. So, Kevin, where do you stand on the whole replay review situation? I think they should just get rid of it. I know a lot of people are saying they need to extend it um, to different aspects of the game. I know some people are suggesting strike zone. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. The game of baseball is a game with with a human element, and I feel like you're taking that away with the, with the replay system. It slows down an already slow game. Uh, like I said before, it takes away the human aspect, and it's it's weird that we have part of the game regulated by replay, but then other parts aren't, and I feel like if they're going to have an MLB replay, they need to make it uniform throughout the whole game, so that would mean the strike zone as well, and that's why I think they should just take it away, because it's 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 bad calls are part of the game, and they even out over time between teams, and you know, they always talk about shortening games, but it's an easy fix to just get rid of replay altogether and go back to the old way of having the game decided by umpires. I, I feel like people have lost respect for the, especially the base umpires, their calls, because they always know that no matter what the guy calls, they're going to get it right. No matter what the umpire calls, they're going to get it right in the booth. And so it, I feel like it just takes the authority away from the umpires. Um, and that authority needs to be given back. And the only way they can do that is to abolish Major League Baseball replay, Matt. I, I, I don't know what you are thinking on this subject, but uh, it's it can go either way. Yeah, I mean, baseball does have a problem with attracting young viewers, so they've decided that their uh, main way of attracting more of these viewers is by increasing the pace of action, as Commissioner Manfred likes to say. Uh, and then you look at how replay is just drags on and drags on and People are always like, man, why are we just sitting here for two, three, four minutes to wait for this call that, I mean, sometimes they'll throw in a challenge in there where they're kind of just praying for it and you're hoping for the best, but in reality, it was out by a mile and you still got to wait three or four minutes for Major League Baseball to get back to you from New York. Now, a couple things, I don't think they should abolish it. I mean, you look at the playoffs and how many times that a blown call has cost a team a pennant or a huge out in a key inning, stuff like that. There are, there are times where you really need to get that call right. And so abolishing it completely, I think, would take away from maybe rightfully making the correct team, you know, the World Series champions. Um, and in, to take it away from the regular season and just keeping the playoffs too doesn't seem right either. So you look at maybe as limiting teams to just that one challenge. You get right now, it's set as you get one challenge, and then if you get it right, you get another. And that's fine. I think that that's a great idea and that they should keep that. However, 
you get one wrong or you get one right and you use the second one, still teams in the ninth inning will walk up to the umpire and say, hey, like that was a close call. Do you think you guys could look at it? No, you lost your challenge. So, so I Matt, think that... So that- Matt, here's, here, here's what I have to say to that. The, the problem with that is the whole point of replay is to get the play right, right? So if you have plays that are clearly wrong, but the team doesn't have a challenge left and they're not able to challenge then what's the point of having the replay system if you can't fix those mistakes? Well, you look at it as you, you've got to be more judicial with these challenges. These uh, managers are using them in the first inning with two outs and a guy trying to beat out a throw to first on a ground ball. When you if it, it, it was meant more to actually have to keep that challenge and wait for maybe the eighth or ninth inning, then you're respecting that umpire's call more because, ah, you know, it's a close call, but I don't want to risk it because I, don't, I want to have my challenge for the later innings. That gives the umpires more authority and it protects, you know, the actual rules of this new system and doesn't just kind of make it, oh, you can challenge whatever you want. Umpires, sorry, not umpires, managers will be more judicial with those challenges and use them in times where they really need to and it would keep that pace of play up as Manfred's going for. So I understand the whole strategy behind it. You know, managers are going to use them when they feel they'd be utilized best. But at the same time, like going back to what I was just saying, it's there's there's a point to these replays to make the game mistake free from the umpire's point of view. And by giving only each team one challenge, you're kind of saying, hey, you have one chance to fix the game, but after that, we're kind of just going to let the game go. See, I think they should just abolish it because these rules are ridiculous. Unless they're going to give, unless they're going to replay every close play and make it a perfect game like they're trying to make it, then it, it's not going to be perfect. And I mean, I, I understand what you're saying with the saying with the strategy, but it's it's kind of flawed in the way that you're not perfecting the game like the replay was supposed to do. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe the goal shouldn't be to perfect the game, and maybe it should be a safety net for giving the MLB bad publicity when a umpire blows a call. I mean, you look at um, the Cardinals-Red Sox World Series on that obstruction call when the Cardinals, I believe it was the Cardinals winning, way back in my memory, um, and that ended the game right there on an obstruction call. I mean, and it was the wrong call, and there was nothing they could do about it. In that situation... Having that challenge would have saved both Major League Baseball and the Cardinals. I mean, I, I look at it as it, it's something that not only needs to be there, but adds an element to the game that wouldn't be there if you did abolish it. It, it adds that you, mother form of strategy. But don't you think it takes away from the human aspect of the game? Well, that's the thing. It right takes, now, you don't see. From the, but that's the thing. The, you don't see right now umpire. managers coming out and arguing calls, right? They're always just, oh, let me let me call up to the um, booth and we'll, we'll, they'll take a look at it and we'll let you know if we want to challenge. You never see guys, those old-fashioned fights, screaming matches between the umpire and manager. You yeah, have... You still see, you still see. No, but, but hardly, you know? the There were so many more managers tossed out and it would get your team riled up and everything and it was exciting. But now you're, you're seeing it subdued and... Maybe he comes out because he didn't like a strike call, but at the same time, that it that doesn't happen as much. You know, those out calls of the plate where he has his arms up and everything, that's what you want to see. And if they have to do this strategy, right, and they have to wait maybe and hold off on this challenge, he'd be more likely to just go out there and give him peace of his mind because, you know, he's not going to want to use that challenge, but he still wants to make his opinion heard. That That's what I think would really add to that excitement level too. 
So you think it adds more to the strategy of the game more than rather than more perfecting the mistake perfecting the mistakes that have been made by the umpires. You think it's just adding to the strategy of the game? Well, I think it does a little bit of both. It it, it saves those replays for those crucial moments, you know, right at the end of the mm-hmm. game where you need it. And if if they do decide to use that challenge before and then the umpire blows a call, well, you know, that's on the manager. It's not on the umpire. And that that not only – this is, I mean, talking in terms of Major League Baseball making the decision to protect themselves, that protects them because they the baseball can just say, hey, they used their challenge on this play. They should have waited. Sorry. But the but there will always be those debates, you know, if if they get to the ninth inning, right, and there, there's a blown call, big game. Yeah, game, but it's better than them not having the option the at all. You know, but if they, they have no like, option say, whatsoever to make that challenge, to make that call, and it's just up to human error, then you're going to go back to the way it was before and how whenever something happened, people would put up their arms, oh, we need replay, like why is Major League Baseball so behind on this? This is this is their chance to catch up to it without sacrificing game time. And I think with how much they put an emphasis on that, that's something they really need to do. I, I think we, we can agree to d- disagree on this topic, but... You know, I think we we agree on the ball strike, uh, the strike zone with the um, replay. I don't think that should be a part of the game. No, absolutely. I mean, even you using pitch track stuff right now, you can't always be absolutely certain that a ball is a strike and strikes a ball or whatever. Yeah. Even though you have the lines there and there's that uh, bottom of the knee, um, elbows, whatever, it still can't be 100% precise. So... To try and do yeah, that, I don't is just understand ridiculous. why those uh, the TV networks like Sunday Night Baseball and ESPN and Fox Sports they they love to put those pitch trackers on, but there's no point because the umpire uh, has the call. So, yeah, so it just uh, gets annoying looking at that the whole time yeah. too. All right, moving on though, we mentioned Albert Pujols' 600 home runs. Uh, one of the uh, it's been forever since a player last got to that mark. We're looking at who in baseball right now has a chance at getting there. And you've got two tiers of players, basically. You've got the older guys, the Adrian Beltres, the Miguel Cabreras, who are close to the mark, but also are getting up there in age. So whether or not they'd be able to get there is a matter of whether or not they can produce at that later age. Then you've got the lower tier guys, the Mike Trouts, the Bryce Harpers, Chris Bryant, guys who you think, okay, yeah, they could easily hit 600 home runs if they start hitting 30 a year over the next 15 years. But they're so far off that it's hard to make that assumption. So which tier, Kevin, do you kind of put yourself in is, is more realistic right now? Uh, there's, I, so we talked about the veterans first, and there's there's like the Adrian Beltres, those guys. I don't, I don't see it happening, especially with Adrian Beltre's age and everything. But one, one player to keep an eye on would be Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's only 34 years old, uh, 451 career home runs. He's averaging 30 home runs a season over his, uh, over his career. The only concerning thing is he's only hit 30 or more home runs once over the past four seasons. Uh, they, they, the production has slowed for multiple reasons from injuries to age. Uh, but he is signed through the 2025 season with the uh, Tigers, so he has a lot of time to hit those 149 home runs he needs to get to get to 600. Uh, and if he plays through the uh, age 40, which is seven more years if you include this season, he'll only need to average 22 home runs a season to get to the 600 mark. And, you know, he has five already this season. I, I if, you, if you watch him throughout his career, it's hard to believe that he wouldn't hit 22 a season, 
or you know, if he hits four, if he hits thirty or forty one season, then he, the average drops. And I, I think Miguel Cabrera, bearing any any major injuries, has an opportunity to get to six hundred. But we we just have to talk about his career because he's been so terrific uh, over the years. Him and Pujols, you know, generational hitters. Pujols definitely better when you compare the statistics, but you know. Cabrera has the opportunity to get to 3,000 hits as well. Uh, he's at 2,562 hits right now. Uh, it, would, it would be really cool to see if he could get 3,000 hits and 600 home runs in the same season. Uh, the numbers are really showing it come down to that. Uh, but, Matt, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think on this topic? I, there are some young guys that, like the Bryce Harpers, like you were talking about, that could really uh, that really have a chance at the 600 home run mark. But I, I think health is the biggest issue in pool halls. He's been able to stay healthy throughout his whole career. Um, Matt, what's your pick? I mean, first of all, I mean, you look at Cabrera. He's 34 years old. Hasn't really hit that decline yet, which, I mean, the best players don't. And some of them are even better once they get up in age. But you got to think that playing as much as Cabrera has is going to take a toll on him. I mean, he's already hit the disabled list once this year. He only played 120 games in 2015. So you kind of look at, all right, can he stay healthy enough? to get to that mark, and I honestly, I don't think he can, just given the state of the game and state of players in the past, for the most part, that are 34 and older, trying to remain in the game. I mean, you've got your anomalies and Pujols and Beltre, but other than that, it, it's really not feasible, I think, for him to get there. Now, in terms of young players, there's a guy who uh, was getting a lot of talk this season before he got injured, and that was Freddie Freeman. Freeman's at 152 home runs right now. You'd think he hits a number, another maybe 10... The rest of the season, when he comes back, he'll play in another about 50 games. Um, so that'll put him around uh, 160 home runs, which means he's probably going to have to average around 30-plus um, before he turns age 40. He's 27 right now and um, clearly has a lot of time left in front of him and has honestly only been hitting his stride in the past two years. I mean, he's been one of the most elite hitters in baseball since 2013, that's no denying it. But in terms of his power, last year he had 34 home runs, but the two years before that he had 18, and two years before that he each had 23. So last year hitting 34, already off to a torrid pace, had 14 home runs in his first 37 games this season. I think obviously trying to project any young player right now, like Freeman, uh, to hit two 600 home runs in his career, I mean, that's it's impossible to try and make that guess right now. But I think if any player at his age, is built to do it, it would be him. I mean, yeah, you look at Trout and you look at Bryant, you look at Harper, and those are guys that could certainly do it. I mean, Har- to say Trout's unproven is ridiculous, but at the same time, they're only 25, 24 years old. These are guys that have even more time ahead of them. Uh, Freeman's 27. He's proven that he can hit over 30, home- over 30 home runs, and I think he honestly goes for 40 in the next couple of years. So if any of the young players are going to get it, my bet's on Freeman. See, I, I like the Freeman pick. Uh, look at the numbers here. You know, 20 home run, 21 home runs, 23 home runs, 23 home runs, 34. He kind of broke out last year with the home runs going over 30 for the first time in his career. Uh, I like the pick. I just don't think the health is going to be there. Uh, there's been multiple seasons where he's had to play 120. Well, he's he's missed at least 15 games over half of his seasons in the major leagues and. Uh, yet again, hurts his wrist this year on a hit-by-pitch. Not his fault, but uh, slows down his pace for sure. Um, I, I do like the fact that he's an average hitter as well. 
Uh, that definitely helps it because there's some players, you know, hit a lot of home runs, but they can't keep up the pace season to season because they can't hit for a high average. So there's no consistency there. But with Freeman, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, but the injuries is going to be something that that has to be watched. But um, I like the pick. It's a bold pick, hot take. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what we see out of him. Personally, as someone who watches the Nats all the time, he absolutely rakes against Washington. So I have seen him do his worst damage firsthand. And um, to see him go down with that injury was devastating, a big blow for the Braves. Um, but he has a very bright career ahead of him, and I'm sure that there's going to be some MVP-worthy seasons in there somewhere. So um, looking forward to him and looking forward to see if Cabrera can uh, sustain it's, the kind of production he's had over the past few years. The last thing I wanted to mention is the age is kind of a concern with him, being 27 years old. Uh, I think there's some other candidates that are younger that have hit a lot of home runs as well. Um, but Freeman's definitely a name to watch. I just wanted to bring the age of 27 into it because, I mean, he's only hit – I mean, not – I'd say it like it's nothing, but he only hit 152 home runs in eight seasons. So someone like I, – I was watching uh, ESPN the other day – or MLB Network the other day, and they had a nice thing on Albert Pujols, and they were talking about – uh, Mike Trout, and if he hit 30 home runs for the next 13 seasons, he would re- reach the mark. Um, he just has the advantage of being younger, but not much to be said because both players are on the DL. But uh, definitely a, a, something to look at because we're we're in a decade, the last 10, 15 years, where uh, a lot more players have joined the 600 home run club, whether cheating or not. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something to follow. Absolutely. Now, switching gears to a fan vote for an all-star game, um, it's always kind of been a controversy here, um, which players are deserving and how sometimes it depends on the team you're on or how much the fans of that team vote. You had up until um, the last NL update, Anthony Rizzo was leading Ryan Zimmerman in the first base column which in the National League, which is absolutely ridiculous. So do you think, Kevin, that the fan vote has any place in the voting for the all-star game? Should it just be the commissioner's office? Should it be the managers? What do you think they should do? I have a couple other, a uh, couple ideas, but I, I think the fans do have a place in the voting. Uh, not, not to the extent they're currently at. I think uh, they have the final vote at the end of the uh, all-star voting. And I think fans should be involved in that, but I think they should be left out as uh, the rest of the voting. Um, so after the finalists for the final vote come out, the fans should be able to vote for that. Uh, I have a couple, my favorite idea that I was researching earlier today was, um, players leading each main statistical category, such as home run, RBI, batting average, stolen bases, slugging percentage, and ERA automatically start on the all-star team. So like you're going to have the RBI leader going into the all-star break, the home run leader it, it, in each league too. So I think it puts, other than stolen bases, which you would see Billy Hamilton in the National League, and he probably shouldn't be starting. Other than that, you you get startable players in each league, and uh, it really motivates players to put up productive numbers. Um, another idea would be have the players vote, because, I mean, they, they play with these guys every day, so uh, they really see who, who, who are the best players in the league, who should be out there. The real problem here is last year, I don't know if it was last year, maybe two years ago, the Royals had seven players starting in the All-Star game, and their fans had 31.4% of the total votes in Major League Baseball. So it really came down to whatever fan fan base wanted to go the hardest to get their players into the uh, All-Star game and get them starting. 
uh, I think that's a real problem. So I, I think the fans should be limited to the final vote. And uh, I, I really like the statistical thing. And then maybe going with players and managers voting for the rest. Um, but then you also have to think about baseball, the Baseball Writers Association. Uh, they definitely should have a hand in it. So maybe if you wanted to combine all three, that'd be a cool idea. Have the fans do the final vote. Uh, Baseball Writers Association managers and players all vote for players to start or players to be on the team, and then the statistical categories decide who starts. Um, I don't know what you th- what you're thinking, Matt, but that's my idea. I'm up and down about the whole thing. I mean, yes, the fans should have some sort of say, uh, especially with how. Major League Baseball is struggling to reach to young fans. This, this vote is a way for them to kind of interact with them and get them, oh, pick your favorite player and they could get on kind of thing. Maybe you extend it to one position player and one pitcher because right now play, uh, you don't vote for any of the pitchers. Those are automatically selected by the commissioner's office, as are the rest of the players on the roster, which is a new thing for this year. The managers now don't select it. It's the... Um, commissioner which i think is a bit of a conflict of interest in my opinion uh you look at i mean they're they're all about publicity and they're about promoting their game so they're going to put the brightest stars maybe the guys that have had bigger years necessarily but aren't playing as well this year compared to maybe zach cozart and on the reds who's having mvp caliber season and no one's talking like, like about addison it. russell or something Exactly. Like you, you don't want to see those players playing. You want to see the best players playing. Well, I do think that there should be some stock into past year's performance. I mean, if you have are neck and neck with another player's numbers and you're past, I mean, you're Nolan Arenado and you're competing with Anthony Rendon, which is absolutely the case right now. Their numbers are pretty similar right now. But I mean, it's Nolan Arenado we're talking about. As much as I yeah. think Anthony Rendon's just as deserving, this is a player who who's probably maybe even Hall of Fame candidacy is going to depend. People are going to look at how many all-star games he went to. And I mean, then that's something they do, which is another reason why the fan vote is horrible is because the fans are helping decide who makes, who makes the, um, the Hall of Fame. And that's just ridiculous because if the, as you said, maybe the writers come into play here. The writers are the ones that decide who makes it in the Hall of Fame. They, maybe they should have a say in helping them get there. I think that sounds like a great idea. It's not a conflict of interest as they're not invested in these players and publicity and all that. They're, I mean, I think they do a pretty good job with the Hall of Fame. They got Tim Raines in this year, which I think was awesome. Well, they didn't get my boy Vladimir Guerrero, which I was upset about. But uh, discussion for another day. That does seem like it'd be a better solution than the one they have now. I'm not sure if I would trust the players because players are going to favor players on their own team. Same with managers. You don't really know. I mean, obviously, they're, they claim to be impartial, but you'll, you'll get maybe one or two guys in there that shouldn't be. I think if you have a completely separate, non-biased voting center, voting source, uh, the writers are the perfect pick for that. Uh, in terms of your suggestion for the stats... What I don't like about that is there's a lot of stats that depend on other players on your team for you to rack them up, like RBIs and runs scored. You're not going to get 120 RBIs if you're hitting for the Padres right now. I mean, even if Will Myers were to have an MVP season, he probably would finish the year with 90 RBIs. I mean, and, and but, that's but sad if, as that is. Having, but if he's having a great year, he's going to get voted on. All I'm saying is that with the main statistical categories is that it makes you automatically start. Not make the team. Yeah, but that's that's saying, I mean, there, there's so many guys that would get 
left out. Like, you, I mean, obviously right now in the NL it's Ryan Zimmerman, and he's perfectly deserving. But there might be a player who doesn't deserve to start the All-Star game, but they're racking up RBIs because they've got three fast guys in front of them who just keep getting on base. You know, there are plenty yeah, of players who a, are better than them. Like maybe maybe you look at some of these more advanced stats like OPS plus or weighted runs created or. Yeah, but when's the last time someone led RBIs and was not an all-star caliber player? I'm not saying they're not an all-star caliber player, but maybe they're not willing, caliber of a starting all-star. That's a big difference. Making the team is a lot bigger, a lot different than actually starting that game. And I think that starting but, that game is a privilege that, that should go to the best players. And with stats like RBIs and saves even, uh, those are stats dependent on factors that aren't even out in your control. And so I think the players that take that have create their own opportunities, I mean, batting average is a perfectly acceptable stat. I mean, yes, it's outdated and there are better ones, but if, if you wanted to point at that one, maybe that could be fine. But maybe, RBIs rubs me the wrong way, and same with run scored. I don't think that that should happen at all. Yeah, no, I think, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think the isolated stats would be better to uh, put players in the starting position, but I, it, the, the categories I threw out there were just categories that, uh, you know, the big categories that everyone knows about. But, like, I like the suggestion on uh, OPS+, plus, uh, maybe ERA+, plus, like, so, some cool stats that show more what the player does separate from his team. Um, and that's what the All-Star Game's all about. And, and right now, the All-Star Game is more about likability. Uh, just like with the NBA All-Star Game, which is another issue, uh, it's more about likability when it really should be more about production and ind individual performance. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the Baseball Writers Association. I think uh, they since they're voting for the uh, Hall of Fame, they should have a say in if these guys can add another All Star year to their resume. Um, but de definitely a topic to look over. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we're not going to have time to get to any Twitter questions today. We are cutting it close on time here. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, we've had some fun. Kevin, enjoy going back and forth with you. I'm looking forward to uh, our next week's episode. We might be bringing on a few guests in the upcoming weeks, so definitely stay tuned for that. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter and Facebook if you have anything you want us to go over. promise we will be better about working those in next week so thank you guys so much for tuning in yeah thank you guys remember to follow us on twitter our individual accounts kevin r haswell and matt talk sports also follow visitors bullpen on facebook and like it or follow us on twitter and like us on facebook thanks again guys look forward to talking to you guys next week have a good one yeah i think that went well <laughs>